You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great. I am joined by a special co-host today, Brian Brown, still handling some things on the business front as he will be back hopefully tomorrow. But pleased to welcome in a guy that I have known for quite some time. He happens to also be a co-host of mine on the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network, Alex Lundberg, a.k.a. Lundy. What's up, my friend? You know, just... uh Still trying to process all of the news that uh, that came out recently. So, yeah, still mulling it over. Yeah, no doubt about that. So we're going to dig into that. Obviously, the quarterback situation up on the hill at the University of Utah. Some very interesting things we need to discuss there. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. A quick reminder for you guys, if you want more of a broad overview of what's going on in the Pac-12 as a whole, check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Cindy Robinson is the host. Does a great job. You can download it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, though, let's get rolling here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for September 22nd, 2021. Once again, you are Locked On Utes. Welcome into your only daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah Athletics. Joined by my special co-host today, Alex Lundberg. Lundy, this is kind of funny because, as I mentioned in the open, we do the Saturday show together over at the Zone Sports Network, but it's exciting to actually have you on here and have a specific focus on the Utes. Yeah, you know, this is a lot of fun. You know, I'm excited to – I've filled in before once, I think, when you were Correct. gone. So I, it was with Brian, but I'm excited to get to do this with you. You know, it's, uh, you know, once a week on Saturdays isn't quite enough. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to, to be chatting more sports yeah, with no- Yuck. No, no doubt. We'll, we'll, um, I'm sure going forward, you'll be more involved with this as well. But let's start, obviously, with the big news today. And just a reminder for everybody out there, if you have not done so already, follow the show wherever you're listening in from, whatever podcast service you happen to be finding us on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Make sure you hit that follow button and join us every single day. But Lundy, huge news out of the University of Utah yesterday as... Charlie Brewer has exited the program and just in an absolutely stunning development. And of course, Cam Rising now quarterback one. Where do you want to start on all of this? Well, I think that, you know, kind of the main story. And so we'll, we'll get to this now, even though the, I think the bigger story moving forward, you know, is, is Cam Rising. But I want to start with Charlie Brewer and just kind of discuss that because I don't think anybody saw this coming. I mean, I, I had no, you know, it, it came as a complete shock to me that he had left the program. Um, and, you know, at, at least so far as I've seen, he's still not in the transfer portal. Uh, so it, it looks to me like Charlie Brewer has just decided, you know what, I'm done. I'm hanging up the pads. I'm walking away from the game of football, um, which, you know, would would explain, I think, kind of, it seemed like during those first three games for Utah, there was just kind of a general apathy around the team. Um, and, you know, Charlie Brewer's not a team captain, but he is the leader of the offense as the quarterback. 
And so if he's feeling that way, it's easy to see why, like why and how that could spread to the rest of the team. And so if that is how he's feeling, I understand him stepping away. I mean, Kyle Whittingham had said that during their discussion, they listed out the pros and cons and that cam rising being the starter wasn't a topic that came up at all in their discussion. And so I really do think that it came down to, you know, probably getting benched was the moment that made him actually contemplate and realize, you know what? I don't have the fire. I don't have the passion. I don't love this game the way that I used to. And that likely spurred this decision. Well, and that's the thing about it. We all know how brutal a sport this is, especially for quarterbacks. They get just hit play after play, even when they're away from the play. I think many people can remember quarterbacks just being the subject of being targeted, essentially, because they are the key linchpin in most of these offenses. And a guy like Charlie Brewer, I'm with you. If he just decided, you know what, at this point, if I'm being demoted, I'm going to have to play backup here. You know what? It's been a good run. Maybe I'll see if I can give the NFL a shot or something like that. Go go and train for that opportunity potentially. But I would completely understand it as kind of what you're indicating or what you're kind of mentioning here is him deciding, you know what, it's just not worth it at this point. I, I put a lot of time, a lot of effort into this. And you know what? It's just time to move on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, considering his long-term future as well, I mean, Charlie Brewer has a history with concussions. Correct. Yeah, that's also and, a factor here. You know, that's that's something that I'm sure he's factoring in because as years go by, we learn more and more about CTE, the, the dangers of it, some of the symptoms of it, what it can pose long term. And, you know, it, it really did sound like he and Kyle Whittingham talked a lot about Charlie Brewer's future you know the way that i read into it was more of a kind of a general future not necessarily a football future and so the the decision to step away from the team as far as i'm aware right now you know and maybe we'll learn more details as this story continues to unfold but it really does seem like charlie brewer you know whatever his lack of passion was whatever it was in general i mean you know all of this could be a side effect of getting concussed so many times while playing at Baylor. And he, I mean, we see it with other injuries as well, where players will tear an ACL. They'll have some sort of, you know, bone fracture or muscle strain, just a whole plethora of things. And when they come back, they're never quite the same player. And I feel like that is what happened with Charlie Brewer because Everybody knows his stats. That's been a talking point for, you know, basically since he committed to Utah. Look at, you know, all of these passing yards. He rewrote all these record books and everything like that. But if you look at the 2020 season, he wasn't that same prolific quarterback. And you look at what he had done through these first three games, and you could see flashes here and there. But I would say that generally overall, he never quite lived up to what he was pre-concussion. And I would agree with you on that. And I, and I do think that there probably is a factor in there just in terms of his quality of life moving forward. This is a kid, and I don't know how many people remember this, he's the son of Texas royalty. If I'm not mistaken, his grandfather and father were both starters at the University of Texas at Austin. Like They're Longhorn legends. And obviously he was uh, 
kind of spurned by the school he probably grew up rooting for because considering it was the family's school there in Austin. He goes to Waco and does a lot of good things. As you mentioned, 9,700 total yards. He's now over 10,000 total yards in his career uh, thanks to his stats through the three games at Utah. I think that there is some obviously more information to come. Hopefully, hopefully at some point he'll make a comment or to somebody or just get the word out there as to exactly why he did what he did. But it's a very interesting situation. And of course, we'll continue to monitor it and we'll be sure to pass along anything else we learn. Uh, Lundy, let's turn the conversation now in just a moment. We need to talk about now Cam Rising takes over. The excitement factor, what he did against San Diego State. We'll dig into all of that in just a moment. But first, need to take a minute and talk about our friends over at Bet Online. They are the place when it comes to football, folks. If you are looking to get some skin in the game, as it were, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for all things football. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that. From football to basketball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So once again, promo code NFL100 for that 100% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Lundy, continuing the conversation now, obviously we need to turn our attention to Cam Rising. He is now QB1 at Utah once again. We saw him, and we've talked about this on the Saturday show when we've talked about him. He was so tantalizingly talented in just that short window we saw him in that first game in 2020. I remember watching and saying, okay, Utah finally has a dynamic quarterback on their hands. It seems like the ceiling might be the limit for this offense. And then, of course, he goes and injures his shoulder, and he's on the shelf. So we saw him rally this team against San Diego State. A lot of five-wide, up-tempo sets in this offense. And, of course, there will be some people out there saying, why didn't you give Charlie Brewer that same type of offense? I can't explain it. I'm not even going to try to delve into that. But what do you make of Cam Rising now finally getting the chance once again to be the guy at Utah? So... I think it's great for him. And I, you know, judging off what we saw against San Diego state, I think it's great for the team. Um, I'll be the first to admit that like I was not one of the people thinking that the swap at quarterback would change a lot because watching through those first three games when Brewer was in, I didn't feel like Brewer was the problem with the team. And, you know, I, was identifying all sorts of other things. The receivers aren't getting open. The, the, the line isn't, you know, making the, the blocks or following through on the right assignments. And so to me, it was like the, you know, the quarterback is not, he doesn't look great per se, but it didn't look to me like the problem, but then cam rising comes in and starts playing well. And, you know, another thing that I had had that made me a little bit hesitant when thinking about, the, the quarterback swap um, in my mind, there was something that was saying, well, okay. So cam rising was in a long, really close battle with Jake Bentley and narrowly edged him out right there at the end. And then he was in another long, 
close battle with Charlie Brewer and just at the end fell there. And so in my mind, I was thinking, okay, if it was that close with both of these quarterbacks, why are we expecting Cam Rising to be different? But I mean, you know, while that logic sounds good, you know, in your mind, the evidence on the field suggests that I was very wrong in that thinking because he came in and instantly provided a spark. Um, and one of the things that stood out to me was, I mean, there was a play where he tucked the ball and ran, uh, almost got into the end zone and got knocked out right there. Like the one that was very, the play was very reminiscent of Travis Wilson in that blackout game against, uh, USC, the Gus Johnson Hercules call. It, it looked very similar. I mean, down to even the quarterback wearing number seven with his hair flowing out the back of his helmet as he ran. There's a lot of, it, it there's a lot of uncanny, really re- similar. Yeah, there's a lot of uncanny resemblances between these two quarterbacks suddenly. Yeah. And so, you know, I had like, I admittedly, I had a lot of questions and I won't say doubts, but I had a lot of unanswered questions that made me hesitant to think that he was the answer. Turns out he is the answer because Utah's offense came alive. The play calling opened up. Like you said, we don't know why Um, I would love to find that out. You know, my best guess at it would be that, well, cam rising has been in the program now for so much longer. And so he understands the system and there's more that they can do with him. And that might not be the case. That is what makes the most sense to me, but I could be completely wrong with that. But regardless, whatever it was, he came in and I know that the offensive line as well at the end of the game had been shuffled around a little bit more till, you know, so that I'm sure contributed to some of the success as well. But I mean, guys made plays and they were able to make plays and, you know, any doubt that I had about cam rising or any questions that I had, the answer came in that overtime when on the very first play, he threw that 25 yard touchdown pass, just one play. Boom. There it is done. And I was like, okay, yeah, this guy, this is the guy because that was as effective as the offense has been all year. One play, perfect execution. And I think that execution was one of the things that was really lacking up until cam rising stepped onto the field. Well, and I would agree with you on that. It was an absolute laser that he threw there. Uh, it's unfortunate that Connor O'Toole couldn't haul in that two-point conversion play because I thought that was a pretty well-thrown ball. It just it, O'Toole fumbled it, and we all know the catch rules are weird, and we don't need yeah, to get you know. Yeah, my thing. The only piece that I'll say about that review, and I know that a lot of people share this opinion. Some people disagree. I didn't see enough to overturn it. You know, had it been called incomplete on the field, I think it would have stood as incomplete. I think the fact that it was called complete, I just, yeah, it it hit the ground, but also the ball, the arm was under the ball. There's just, I I just didn't think it was definitive, but that's just me. Yeah. So, but the the, the bigger point is that the offense was just electric and obviously there was some uh, desperation that played into all of that because you're trying to rally. You don't want to lose that game. There's no doubt about that. And we, we all understand that. 
But the one thing I love about Cam Rising is with all these offensive line issues, and they're well documented at this point, it's been three games of issues, and who knows if there's going to be an answer for it in the interim or the near t- near term near term future. But his ability to improv and to, to just to scramble and get himself out of trouble and make plays and get the ball to his playmakers, that is going to allow Utah's offense to function at a higher level with a dysfunctional offensive line than I think a guy like Charlie Brewer, who is much more confident playing in a, a clean pocket, that type of stuff. I think what Rising offers here is just an ability for a guy like Andy Ludwig, Jim Harding, the offensive line coach, to say, okay, we understand that our offensive line, it's not going to be perfect. We want to see improvement against Washington State this week and obviously moving on in, in future games. But in the meantime, his ability to just really freelance in some ways and make plays is going to save our bacon. Yeah, you know, a mobile quarterback can really help mask a lot of deficiencies on the O-line. You know, Utah's seen success in recent years with running quarterbacks. You know, I mean, Travis Wilson did a lot with that. Tyler Huntley was exceptional. And uh, so, you know, I think that that really will help cover up a lot of those issues while they work on it and try to shore those things up and get it to the point where the O-line is, you know, playing at a level that is acceptable to fans. Cause right now, you know, I know that Nick Ford came out, you know, and he, he kind of defended the O-line and did so in a way that, you know, I mean, he's not wrong, but I also don't blame any fans for saying, okay, yeah, we get that. It's, it's a really hard position to play, but, if, if that's the case, why doesn't everybody struggle? You know? Yeah. And, w- you know, we've seen O-lines be very successful at Utah, so why is it different now? Um, and that goes down a whole different rabbit hole. But, yeah, I am very interested and excited to see how Cam Rising masks that, how he compensates for it, um, whether or not they design any packages for Jaquindon Jackson, who's now QB2. Uh, because he's also a mobile guy. He's, you know, he's got some good escapability. And maybe more and, more pure athlete than maybe mm-hmm. a, a traditional quarterback. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they design anything kind of wildcat style, the way that they did around Corbin Lauchs back in 2008. Um, and so... Nice pull. You know, I mean, Look at you. Look at you. Encyclopedia <laughs> knowledge over here, Alex Lundberg. But yeah, I mean, you know, Andy Ludwig, He's he's done it before. He knows exactly what kinds of tools he has. So it'll be interesting to see, but uh, I I do feel like the offense was a lot more open when Cam Rising came onto the field. They ran a lot more up-tempo, and I think that's what Utah's going to have to do if they're going to make a run at the the Pac-12 championship because that's something that's still in play. As as frustrating and as depressing as those first three games were, all of Utah's main goals are still on the table. The Pac-12 South, the Pac-12 Championship, you know, playing in the Rose Bowl. The granddaddy, All of baby. that. Yeah. That is, none of those things have been cleared off the table yet. They are still there. They're still very attainable. And so if Utah can pull it together, you know, they, they might turn this around and make it actually a, a fun season and, a, you know, kind of one of the more storied seasons that they have. 
Okay, and that brings me to a question I want to pose to you in a discussion I think we'll wrap up today's show on is with regards to this almost being a new beginning, almost a new start to a new season. And I I get that that's cliche, but I'll explain more here in just a moment, Lundy. But first, let's take a minute and talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Lundy, have you had a Built Bar? Oh, yeah. Plenty. Okay. So have you tried their, uh, they have a new limited time flavor that just came out. It's one of my all-time favorites. It's cookie dough chunk. Have you given that a shot by chance? I haven't yet. I haven't. Oh, that, that sounds great though. It is truly one of the best protein bars out there. One of the best built bars. And you probably have heard the podcast. Brian and I just go on and on and on about our love affair with built bars. Tell you this much, cookie dough chunk is absolutely incredible, and it's only available for a limited time. When it sells out, it sells out, folks. So I want you guys to give this a shot. The best part about Built Bars is you will not believe how good they taste as compared to how to, how healthy they are for you guys. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, five to four, excuse me, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs. They're absolutely incredible, and for a limited time only. As we mentioned, that cookie dough chunk is available just for a limited time. Of course, they have their nine base flavors, which are also available. One of my other all-time favorites is our good friends at Cherry Barcia. It's an absolutely delicious one. Lundy, what's your favorite uh, Built Bar you've had? Uh, I really like their brownie flavors. Uh, there's, you know, kind of just the regular fudge brownie. There's the, the caramel brownie. Yep, there's the um, yeah, salted caramel. Yeah, there's a few different yeah. ones out there. Brownies, to me, are the crowning achievement of dessert. <laughs> there's nothing better. Okay. And, you know, so I... I was skeptical with, with the built bar. I admit it, you know, I'd heard a lot of people talking about it, but I got one of those and really my biggest complaint coming away from it was that it, I, I, I wished that it was bigger uh, sure. because it was good. It, like, I mean, it, it even had kind of a brownie texture, which surprised me because usually texture is not something that, you know, you are attracted to in a protein bar, but with built bar, they, they nail it. Yeah, absolutely. So for a limited time only, as we mentioned, that cookie dough chunk is available, but you can get all of those flavors. Go to built.com right now. While you're there, use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off of your order. Yes. 15% off using the promo code locked 15 at built.com and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with built bar. All right, college football fanatics. Have you guys heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is your daily fantasy made easy. Let me explain what it is. Prize Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anybody in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown, and it's a really simple process. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry, and it's just you versus those numbers. Prize picks allows mixed sport entries, so you obviously you can cross over to the NBA, NFL, golf, whatever your interest is, in addition to college sports. And the best part is, you can do it in under 60 seconds. Your entries can be done in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. You can go to their website, prizepicks.com, or go to your app store and download their award-winning app on either the App Store or Google Play, and it's a really, really simple simple process. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So give it a shot, folks. That's Price Picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. All right, before we go here on this Wednesday edition of the podcast, Lundy, I mentioned right before we talked about Built Bar that I wanted to talk about just kind of the overall sense here of this being a new beginning for the Utes. Because 
as you mentioned, their overarching goals. They want to win the Pac-12 South. They want to win the Pac-12 title. You and I have both talked about that we really feel like the one thing Kyle Whittingham is still looking to do in his coaching career is to hoist that Pac-12 trophy in Las Vegas and then obviously have a trip to the Rose Bowl or the college football playoff, whatever it might be in that circumstance. Well, the nice part is, all of that is still attainable for this Utah program. And essentially, they can take these three games literally, toss them on the ru- the rubbish pile, the trash heap, whatever, whatever term you want to use, and say, that's done, it's forgotten, we're moving forward here. And look at this, is just truly, we have nine games to go live our dream. Yeah, you know, that's really the benefit of being in a conference like this is, you know, you obviously want to use those first three games you want to win those to pad your overall resume, but, you know, also use them to find where you need to improve and address those needs by the time that conference play starts. Um, I had, you know, as we, as I was talking with this, you know, about these developments with other people close to me, I did have somebody that uh, brought up the fact that in a way this kind of resembles the 2016 Utah baseball team in the sense that they, performed very poorly in non-conference play. They held a players-only meeting before conference play started and then suddenly turned things around and ended up winning the conference title. Um, Utah football has a chance to mirror that here with a, a, you know, frankly a bad non-conference slate and showing out poorly. They can turn around. They can very very much get on the right track this weekend with Washington state, a team that I think that is on the lower end of the PAC 12, which the PAC 12 so far through non-conference play has not exactly shown to be a strong conference. So Utah should be able to, you know, pick up a win. I think this weekend instill some confidence in the guys moving forward, really get their feet back under them. And, you know, like you said, a new beginning, be able to just kind of be a goldfish forget the the three weeks of struggle and just play the right way moving forward. Well done. We have uh, copious amounts of Ted Lasso references. The fact that we almost made it through an episode without one probably would have disappointed some folks. So thank you, Lundy. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I needed to. <laughs> Uh, so, and then, uh, and I'm with you on that. It's essentially the, the whole burn the boats thing. Like that stuff's all behind us guys. Let's look forward. Now we're just moving forward. Now you mentioned the fact that Washington state there. Yeah. They're probably a bottom half of the PAC 12 team. What are your expectations this week? And let me, let me preface this by saying, I'm not expecting Utah to go out and just be absolute gangbusters suddenly on offense. No. I'm expecting everything no. to be fixed. But what are your expectations for this contest, and what would you like to see improvement on? Um, I mean, my expectations are obviously a Utah win. I don't think it's going to be the prettiest thing, but I, I expect to see the offense operate a little bit more efficiently than they have over the first three weeks. Uh, the run game, start picking that up a little bit. Uh, the throw game, obviously, with cam rising it i mean we already saw leaps and bounds um the tempo changes and just the the opening of the playbook those are things that i expect to see um the defense i would like to see be a little bit more assignment sound Uh, i mean they did lose two starters to season ending injuries um and so you know that that's a little bit more understandable if things don't work out perfectly there but I, i still want to see that kind of you know firm up a little bit that defense has looked mostly good 
but there have been times where they let things through. They miss assignments. They don't execute to the right level. Um, maybe that's an extension of the offense being ineffective and the defense having to go out there again and be on the field for sustained periods of time and just kind of tiring out. Um, hopefully the defense will be able to stay fresh because the offense is, you know, chewing up a little bit more clock. Well, that, that would be nice. There's no doubt about that. Give them just a little more of an opportunity to get a break. And I'm with you. I, I think just the, the, the key thing here is just win plain and simple. Go win this football game. Get back to 500. Get Pac-12 play off to a 1-0 start and then move forward from there. I, I think that it should be goal number one. I know it's goal number one every week, but especially a week like this. Going from 1-2 and two to 2-2 two and two is a much better feeling and a, obviously going to have fans feeling somewhat better about themselves versus falling to 1-3 and three and losing your third straight game. That would set off all kinds of alarm bells if you were to lose this type of a contest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one more thing that I just remembered that I want to see improve uh, special teams. Oh yeah, absolutely. Utah, Utah has been uncharacteristically bad on special teams this year. It's not that they are even, you know, just underperforming. It's flat out bad. Well, with the exception of Britton Covey's I, I, punt return. I say we gotta, we gotta give Britton Covey a pass. He's the one guy who gets yeah. a pass on this. Yeah. He, you know, he had that great punt return. He's, and he's had some nice returns in the other games as well, where he's picked up, a good amount of yardage and he took the one to the house against San Diego state. But I mean, giving up two kickoff return touchdowns within the first three games is unacceptable. Um, you know, we've, we've seen, I mean, even the punter, he's holding the ball a little too long. There have been a lot of close calls that Utah fans are right to be nervous about, you know, they need to, to pick up the pace, stop being hesitant, stay assignment sound, stay in your lanes, you know, it's things that I'm sure that they are hearing all the time because typically a Kyle Whittingham coach team is very sound on the fundamentals of special teams. Um, so a lot to clean up there. I am hoping and kind of expecting to see that this week. You got to execute plain and simple, and that's going to be a big part of it. Obviously, you need all three phases of the game to win it, and we'll see how it shakes out. But, Lundy, thank you for carving out some time. I know you're an absolutely busy man uh, to join us here on Locked On Utes. I'm going to let you fill Brian's role as we go out the door today. Any parting thoughts, shots, or wisdom you'd like to dispense upon our listenership? Um, you know, I'm just going to quote Aaron Rodgers right now and just say R-E-L-A-X Utah fans take a breath it's a new beginning like we've said multiple times on this show all of Utah's goals are still on the table this could end up being a fairy tale season you know with the with a Rose Bowl appearance I'm not saying that it will be I'm not predicting that but that's that's something that's still in the cards so breathe in hold off on sounding the panic alarm until you know, if Utah loses this weekend, then maybe we could start start having that discussion. Yeah, no, that that's the thing about it is you just sit back, enjoy it, and obviously we'll see what shakes out, and we'll of course then we'll react accordingly. Mm-hmm. All right, Lundy. Well, thanks again for taking the time. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm at twenty four seven Lundy on Twitter. So you know, go ahead, give me a follow, DM me any uh, mistakes you know, inaccuracies that I 
may have said uh, on this podcast. I'm pretty sure you know my information's good, but I've, I'm always open to critique and correction. No, no doubt about that. And of course, they can tune in to you and I uh, co-hosting the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network every Saturday afternoon from 12 to 2 p.m. on 97.5 FM and 1280 AM. One more reminder for you guys, also follow the show on social media. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Utes. Brian's work is over at Brown Bear SLC. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, you can email the show LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been the Locked On Utes podcast for September 22nd, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.